The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. James Loving host another one of Loving That Sports Talk. I'm a co-host, Terry Jackson. You that, too? I'm here, love. All right, we got a special guest, our analyst, Galen Thack. You there, Galen? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, what's that game? Hey, how you doing in that game? I'm doing good. That's good. Well, guys, we got a treat for us today. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet this gentleman. I know him real good. You know, I know his wife real well. I met him and um, um, was able to see him down at Super Bowl in Indianapolis. And uh, first from my list, I'd like to read off a little bit about him. Play with the Dallas Cowboys. That's your team, Terry. Yes, it is. In 1999, uh, played Buffalo Bill from 2003 to 2007. Play with Seattle and Jacksonville. He was a tight end in the league. You know, and the reason I got Ryan on the show, guys, and we're going to shoot some questions at him, but um, I'd like to introduce my guest, Ryan Newfield. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good, James. How are you? Good. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. Good to see you again down in Indianapolis. It was a good time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun. We, uh, my wife and I look forward to going to that party every year, so. That's it. All right, I'm going to start off with you. I don't know what the guys are, but I'm going to light up on you right away. <laughs> you, you know, um, the thing about it, Ryan, I want to know, these players that, you know, like uh, Wesley Walker, they really have a special pass that, you know, that could either win the game or lose the game. You know, I know Buffalo was in the Super Bowl for four years where the kicker had kicked the ball and missed. And then where you have a um, gentleman from San, San Francisco um, fumble the ball. How is it in the locker room afterwards with these players when they um, do something like that? Um, well, you know, it's uh, obviously if, when you come off of a tough a loss um, where, you know, you could kind of try to pick about, you know, four or five plays, big plays that had, an, had you know, a significant impact. But as we all know, it, it uh, you know, there's several other plays that, that impact the course of the game. But, um, you know, when it comes down to that last play that everyone remembers, um, you know, it's in that type of a game, you know, obviously the mood in the locker room is, uh, you know, it's pretty down. Everyone's pretty upset. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I can tell you that, um, as an individual, you know, we, you know, we've been with, um, guys, and as you know, as you guys know, you know you're you're with these guys day in and day out for uh, six, seven months, and um, you become really close to them. And so, uh, you know, when when uh, it comes down to that player, uh, you know you um, you know you you really feel for that player too, and you 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 don't want to be you know the teammate that um, you know gets all over them. Also, you just kind of you want to do your best to 
uh, encourage him and, and really help him through that time. Because, you know, he had the weight uh, of that loss and the weight of the world on his shoulders uh, after something like that as well. Yeah, right. And, and nothing, and, and it always made a big thing of that, that one play, you know, and it goes over and over that, you know, you're the, you're the bad guy, you know what I'm saying? But in that game, other players have done things that they could have lost the game too, right? Yeah, I mean, there are other, there are guys that, you know, they, you know, they're evaluating, uh, they're going through the game in their mind, um, you know, their own personal game, you know, how they did play in and play out. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they could pick out several plays where they could have uh, done better and they felt they could have changed the, the course of the game as well. So, uh, and, you know, pretty much everyone, and as I did after each game, you know, I would mentally go through um, the whole game and, and kind of pick out plays that, that I could have done better that I messed up on and that I need to work on throughout the course of the week so it doesn't happen again the following week. Uh, Ryan, uh, you've been with several teams. I know Galen played with several teams, too. How is it going from one team to another? I mean, just leaving the guys that you've been with, you know, and the feeling that you got to leave and go make, you know, uh, another family with another team. You know, how is that feeling that you got to go to another team? Uh, yeah, at first, you know, as a, as a young guy, it was, um, it, it was you know, a transition, something that uh, yeah, I wasn't used to, obviously. Um and so that was uh, kind of difficult, but, um, you know, it's happened to me several times, so it just became part of, uh, part of the, um, profession, really, you know, knowing that, um, you know, whatever team you're on, you know, you're giving it, giving it everything you have and, um, you know, building relationships and, and, you know, with other teammates and, and it just becomes really, you know, part of the business, uh, and you just kind of, kind of really just go with the flow and, and, uh, you know, really, you know, kind of put that opportunity behind you and then look forward to the next opportunity coming up and, and, um, you know, getting to know new, uh, you know, new teammates and, and a new city and, and uh, just really, really, you know, have to look forward to the future and opportunity and not kind of dwell on, um, you know, what happened in the past team or, uh, you know, stuff like that. So that's really kind of how I had to learn, uh, you know, to look at it. And I don't know if I'm taking the question from all the other guys. They all quiet, Terry and Galen. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, did you uh, did you have a team that you liked that you didn't want to leave? Um, and, and when you when you did have to leave that team, um, did the other guys try to you know pick you up and, and were you welcomed, or did you have to get back on that team and try to try to earn a spot or earn some respect? How talk about that transition a little bit. Uh, so what was the uh, the first part of the question? Well, the first one was, what was your what what was your favorite team? What's the okay. best team that you played for, if there is one? Uh, well, they, um, because I spent one year in Dallas um, for the Cowboys, I spent one year in Jacksonville, uh, so it was pretty tough to you know build that. Uh, uh, that bond, so with the city, stuff like that. I, I live in Dallas now, but, um, uh, you know, I, uh, I'd have to say, you know, I really enjoy Dallas, um, you know, the city and, and the fans and everything. Um, you know, and being, you know, that, just that stigma of being a, a Dallas Cowboy, you know, it, uh, uh, it's, you know, known pretty, you know, worldwide as far as the Cowboys go, but, uh, 
um, you know, as far as my probably the last team I was with, um, you know, in Buffalo, I was there five years and really got a chance to, um, you know, really entangle myself with um, with the city, with the fans, and and really um, build some strong relationships and um, become comfortable and familiar with uh, with the city and um, and the team and and you know front office stuff like that. So. Um, just because of the standpoint I was there for so long and uh, everything was so familiar, uh, you know, that's probably the, the spot where, where that I enjoyed the most, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as far as playing. Um, and, then, uh, uh, and then the second part of that, what was the second part of that question? The second part was when you, uh, when you did have to transition from team to team, um, were, were you welcome? Uh, did you feel that you had to, you know, earn a spot? Talk about that a little bit. I have to say, you know, both sides. Um, I felt welcomed um, from the players, you know, wherever I went. Um, there's uh, wherever I went. There's always that core group of veterans. Uh, I felt that uh, uh, you know really welcomed me in and and uh, try to you know show me around stuff like that. Uh, so yeah. I, uh, I'd have to say I felt welcome, but uh, in the same, you know, in the same field there, um, because of my the situation I was in, being an undrafted free agent out of college, um, every year I had to fight uh, for a spot to make the team. So whether you know, I was coming my rookie year in Dallas, um, I had to scratch and claw to make the team there, and then when I went to Jacksonville, same thing, um, and then year in and year out uh, in Buffalo. You know, you just, it, it follows you around, you know, okay, well, this guy's a first-round pick. That follows you around. You, so you're kind of, um, you're giving a little bit more leeway. Um, and, and But, you know, it follows you around. Okay, he was an undrafted guy. You know, so it, that, uh, having that, you know, kind of a chip on your shoulder. So you, I felt like I had to prove myself every day. And, uh, and then felt like every year was a, was a new year. And uh, had to fight to, again to make the team each year. So um, that's that's kind of what my uh, I guess my path was throughout the uh, NFL. All right. You know, Ryan, I think you might have played against Galen because Galen played with Atlanta and the Giants. So I think you played against him around that time. But okay, you know, tell the younger kids out there what it is like when you come up against somebody like Galen, a big old linebacker. You know, and <laughs> lineman that you know. Should they have the confidence that they better, and they, you know, always think that their, their, their confidence level is like be the best, and you know you're the best. Is that something wrong saying that? Are you saying that um, does confidence play a a part in more like a, more, more like like a T.O. to say you think you're the world's greatest, but just be out there saying you know you are good. You know, you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a line there, uh, being confident, being being cocky. <laughs> you know, uh, I I I felt uh, you know I was definitely confident in my ability, um, uh, but at the same time, um, you know, I was just humbled to uh, be uh, be able to uh, have the opportunity to play at that level. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of guys that have just as much, uh, maybe more ability than I did. Um, that, uh, for one reason or another, weren't able to get that opportunity 
So I was humbled to be in that position to, to uh, be able to play, uh, but also, you know, confident in my abilities to to play and uh, and also confident in my work ethic um, day in and day out to, uh, you know, give it everything I had, um, not just during the season but in the off-season as well to prepare myself um, and prepare my abilities to continue to play year in and year out. Was there any player that you played against on the defense that really put a hard hit on you that you were nervous about? That I was uh, nervous about? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, like most people back in those days was Lawrence Taylor, and, you know, when I played, it was Ronnie Lott. He was a sticker back then, you know? <laughs> oh, I got you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about nervous about I mean, I knew where he was on the field, obviously, but when um, when... We played the Broncos and and Lynch, you know, was back there at safety. <laughs> I was I was aware where he was, uh, you know, where he was at when I was running my routes and stuff like that. So that's not the Lynch that played with Tampa, is it? Yeah, John, yeah, John, yeah, John Lynch. Sticker. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, he was at Denver um, uh, the year that uh, we played him in '07, uh, opening the opening game of '07. He was uh, in uh, Denver. Right, with all these years where you lived, uh, Buffalo. Uh, five years, 03 through 07. 03 through 07. And uh, tell me the atmosphere now as opposed to when they were going through to all the Super Bowls and, and, and not winning. How have they gone about trying to make it back there uh, when you were there? I mean, you know, they they struggled with uh, the you know the stigma of losing the four Super Bowls. Yeah, so I mean, when um, you know that, uh, you know, everyone talks, still talks about that every once in a while. But they, uh, you know, the, the fans and stuff, they look at it as, um, you know, no one's, you know, no one's been able to do that before. You know, get to four straight Super Bowls. Um, you know, obviously, <laughs> they're uh, uh, they're still upset that they weren't able to get one of those wins. But uh, you know, it's just it's one of those things where. Um, you know, no one's done that before. They had some uh, great, great teams um, in that Super Bowl run, um, numerous Super Bowl, Super Bowl runs they had. But, um, you know, so they were always kind of, you know, fans were, you know, really wanting to, to get back to that, uh, you know, seeing us in the playoffs again. And, and um, you know, as an organization, you know, they tried everything they could you know, several coaching changes, stuff like that. So, you know, they're they're just searching for you know that that identity, that um, coach that can you know really turn things around and and um, you know be a and you know stay there for more than than three three four years. Um, I think uh, right now, uh, Coach uh, Coach Gailey there is there now. I play for Gailey in, in Dallas, uh, and I think he's doing some good things there. And they were able to really start off strong this past season. Uh, so I'm just um, hopefully, you know, I really look forward to seeing them get back to the playoffs because I know how bad uh, the organization wants it. I know how bad the city and the fans want it. Um, so you know that 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 time that they do end up getting back there, it's just I think it's going to be. Um, you know, really, uh, really something for that city and and the fans because I feel like they're just they're just starving. They're starving to see their team back in the playoffs. 
All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we want to still continue talking. We're going to go back to analyst subject. Tebow, what you think of Tebow being there? But this is James Loving, host of Loving that Sports Talk. And we'll be right back with our guest, Ryan Newfield. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and we have our guest Ryan Newfield. I'm going to you there, Ryan Phil. Well, I'm glad you're here. You, you, you like the, um, person that they go on the outside to investigate things, you know, that go outside, outside the box, right, Galen? That's what That's we right. call it outside. <laughs> <laughs> right, tell us, you know, and I don't know what type, Terry on, you know, one week Terry on TiVo next week, but Terry did say he's an athlete, right, Terry? Uh, he is an athlete. What do you think about this TiVo thing, Ryan? Uh, I was, um, I was really pulling for him. Uh, this year, I was, I was uh, you know, he was winning and all those games in a row, and I was definitely excited for him. Um, so I'm, I'm one of those. Uh, I guess uh, I guess I was one of those on the Tebow uh, bandwagon there. So I'm I'm hoping he he uh, 
continue to develop and uh, and does well because uh, I like I like the guys that that come up with uh, you know against all odds with a bunch of critics. You know, I, I like these guys that prove prove people wrong. Come on, man! Come on, Ryan. That wasn't what you're supposed to say. You on Galen's side with that? <laughs> don't you don't you think you got too much hype though, Ryan? I mean, that's what we argue with Galen. You know, some games that he did win that they said Tebow won it. You know, that's the point we're trying to make. Well, I mean, it's uh, you know when you when you come down to the last drive and he's driving down the field, you know he he had a big part in it, but you know and being in, in football, you know, not one person can win a game. So, you know, just with, uh, and, and it's all, it comes down to the media. You know, it's the, it's the media that creates, um, you know, that type of hype. So, um, you know, when you have uh, the media, you know, hyping them up or tearing them down, you know, it's, uh, it, it becomes, uh, you know, they, I think they, you know, invented the Tebow time and all this and that. So, uh, you know, he's just he's just out there playing, doing his best, and then, um, you know, just because I think of uh, how polarizing he is, and and um, you know, with his, uh, you know, wearing his face on his sleeve, stuff like that, and being outspoken, um, I think that you know, kind of uh, media played into that too, and and really blew it up bigger than than uh, it needed to be. Hey, love, I think that that island that you're on is really getting small. <laughs> yeah, I think he's getting very, very really tall, Ryan. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for him, flat out. So I, you know, I, I think uh, there's, you know, the coaching staff did a great job. I played for some of those coaches on that Denver staff, and the, a coaching staff that can, um, that can come up with a system to fit players. That's a good staff not trying to fit players into their system. So the fact that they were able to win as many games they did, go in the playoffs, win a playoff game, okay? They won a playoff game. Um, you know, they're doing a great job. Tebow played well, and uh, I think he's a great player. I think he can play quarterback in the league. And uh, with me being a Christian, I love it how outspoken he is with his face. So uh, I'm Tebow all the way. Well, there you go, loving love. Do you hear that? <laughs> well, I see we won't have you on the show no more, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but I think another thing is, too, guys, is that you know how difficult it is to be successful in, in the National Football League. You, you all have played. You all know how difficult it is. And for somebody to come in and, and have the success that he had, I mean, that's got to be good. You, you, you take it from this, this kid, this, uh, this Lynn with the Knicks. Look at what he's been able to do. Um, with this New York Knicks basketball team, um, you, you can't help but be overjoyed and happy and pull for a guy like that. I was going to mention him as well, Terry. And, you know, again, I mean, he's not like he's perfect or anything. He turns the ball over and so forth. But when it comes down to crunch time, he's there. He made a big shot last night, won the game for him. You know, he's just bringing in a lot of uh, emotion and, and just some, uh, you know, bring the team together, and yeah. it's causing them to win just like Tebow did. So, and, and uh, it's not that often that you can find somebody just come in and be successful like that, and that that's not a superstar that hasn't been there for a while, and you can't help but pull for that guy. Well, Terry Gaylord, maybe you can help us out with this, Ryan. We talked about this one week on the show. The media can make or break you in your career. You believe that, Ryan? 
Do what now? The media can make or break you in your career. I'm sorry, you cut out. The media, it can make or break oh, you in your right. career. The media, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I could agree with that, sure. See, Galen? Well, I mean, they can make or break you. I, I, uh, You know, like I said, you make and break yourself. You got to go out there. I mean, nobody gave it to Ryan. Like he said, he was a free agent. I was a free agent. James, you were a free agent. We all had to go out there and prove to our coaches that we were capable of being on the NFL field and them putting their trust in us every week to be able to play. So the media had nothing to do with that. Uh, but when it comes to someone being a superstar like Lynn or like Tebow, certainly they can make or break those people. Uh, not really make or break them, but they can swing the media from one way to another and, you know, get different perspectives out of fans and so forth. So, again, you know, I don't know. We go out there, we... You know, we work hard in the off season. We work hard during the season. We go out there. We create opportunities for ourselves on the field. But you know, talking about Tebow, I think that everybody thought that he would fail. That he would not survive as long as he did in the league playing quarterback the way he did, and he proved everybody wrong. I think all in all, that's that's the hype because. When you're looking at Sunday NFL countdown, people are like, well, this kid ain't going to make it. I mean, he can't throw the ball more than, you know, he can't complete more than eight passes or six passes, or sometimes he completed three passes. Um, you put that on top of it, the media is going to go for that and, and eat that up. That's going to bring attention to him. Well, I think it goes back to tell you what Ryan was saying. If you come in saying you're first round draft pick, they're looking for you to succeed. Is that what you were saying, Ryan? So if you come in as a free yeah, agent, they'll, 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 you know, we give you more opportunities. Yeah. Um, if you're a first round pick, like if you're, you know, free agent, you know, they, you don't have many opportunities. You get one shot, you mess up. Well, okay, he's a free agent. It's kind of what we expected of him. You know, we could let him go. Plus, you know, it also comes down to money too. They didn't have much. They don't have much money invested in free agents, also. Absolutely right. That's the business side of sports, right there. You can't invest millions of dollars to a player and then give up on them to training camp and let them go. You've got to make your investment count. you got to, you know, believe in them and trust them and give them more opportunity than you with somebody you invested thousands of dollars in, you know. Yeah. But but that was my point is because you wouldn't recognize a free agent like us, Galen, but you would recognize a Tim Tebow. Now, what he's do in the media, they're going to be all on it. And that, that's why I was saying it can make or break you if your n- name is known. But you could come up, Galen or, or Ryan or, you know, Terry, and have 15 tackles one game. Then now you're like a Jerry, Jeremy Lynn. Now you're a big name, and the media made you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a first-round draft pick. It's like, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I agree with it that, you know, he, you make your opportunity, you know, you take advantage of your opportunities You make plays on the field, but it's like um, media plays a big part. You know, let's go like, you know, Pro Bowl. Um, guys make Pro Bowl. You know, the guys that are on TV the most and, and are in those primetime games and, uh, you know, like, for example, London Fletcher is one of the best linebackers I've ever been around or seen play. He's been to, what, maybe two Pro Bowls, he should yeah. be in a lot more, but for some reason media isn't really hasn't really hyped him up over his career. 
and like and like you know uh, Erlacher or something like that, or like a Ray Lewis. But you saying they go in that instance, you know, media can kind of boost your career, so to speak. Make that hurt you. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, the the public perception and and it comes to photos and stuff like that, I see how the media would definitely, you know, uh, uh, help a player such as Ray Lewis who's been in the league for a number of years, but he's still out. I know London Fletcher is a good linebacker as well. And so, yeah, I can see that area, but as it relates to their teammates, like you, you, you said, you vouch for him because you've seen him play, you see his where he goes about doing his business and so forth, and you understand what a good player he is, and and so does the coaches as well, you know. So I can see when it comes to some money issues and things of that nature, I can see how the media can make a break player definitely. All right, we only got two minutes left for our next break, and before you have to leave, but. Anything you want to say for the young players out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, for for young players like, in the in a league, or just you know, growing up, literally yeah, growing up, up, you know, growing up, growing up. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, you know, keep keep dreaming, and and always, um, you know, if you have a dream playing in the league, you know, keep keep working hard. But most of all, um, you know, just have fun playing. Um, and that, that's the biggest thing is uh, have fun and, and uh, you know play with the emotion and and um, and that's about it you know so that's uh, pretty much it. Well, thank you again, Ryan, for being on the show. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Nice to meet right. you, Ryan. Take care. All right, uh, Ryan. We're gonna take we're gonna take a break and then we'll come back from the break. Uh, we got some emails I'm gonna read off and. You guys talked about what we were going to talk about on the second half of the show, Jeremy Lynn. So we'll be right back. James Logan, host of Living in Sports Talk, co host Terry Jackson. We got a specialist, Galen, back on the line. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Lundberg, host of Lemonade Sports Talk, and we got Cole Terry. You still there, Terry? I'm here. And we got uh, Galen Thatch. You still there, Galen? I'm here. I guess we made your day today, Galen, with that one, so I'm going to leave that one alone, all right? <laughs> I did. That one backfired me. Terry, you should say, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it was good to have Ryan on there. I know his wife. You know, real good, and I knew him from playing back in the days. You know, that's um, I actually gave him that star's niece that he's married to. What's that? That star's niece, the one he's married to. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's how I know him from, you know, in the league. But yeah. All right, let's shoot on all this question. I already talked about Jeremy Lin, what I wanted to get into, so we can go back over that. These people, these athletes, are coming up with these one night sensation, and then they becoming like you know, like Tebow, you know. They become yeah. over and over a superstar, and the key thing about it, like Terry was saying, was we always thought, you know, Tebow, you know, we're going to keep doing the game after game, just like this Jeremy Lin guy for New New York Knicks basketball player. Every night he's playing good, over and over. What do you guys think about that? Well, I'll start it off, uh, Galen. I think that when you're talking about pro at- pro athletes. You have to realize the talent level that you're talking about. None of those guys are bad. All of those guys can play ball. You know, some of these guys get more time than others. Um, I was watching um, the NBA channel, and uh, I can't remember his name, but he, he, he basically explained it, and, and it kind of opened my eyes. It woke me up. It's like it's no different than these guys getting uh, coming in uh, first-round draft picks or or whatever, they're going to get most of the playing time. Um, NBA players, what they have five or 15, 15 players, and, and they dress probably 12 of them, and about eight or nine are going to play in a rotation. Well, that ninth, tenth guy, eleventh guy, those guys are good ball players. And Jeremy Lin, it, it's a matter of need. Uh, I think the Knicks needed a point guard or somebody to, you know, pick up some slack, and he was in the position. And, and he took it and he run with it. And he can make shots. Uh, he can penetrate. He's a good ball player. 
and he's shining right now. Yeah, you know, they're winning. I mean, they had been on that uh, that, that six, seven games uh, slide where they lost games, and you know, and then they had a lot of injuries, and then they insert uh, Jeremy Lin, and he comes in and produces, and you know, they start winning ball games, and he gets credit for that because that's very well deserved. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's an awesome story, especially in a town like New York where, you know, the eye of the media is right there and, you know, for all to see. And I think it's awesome for the NBA, you know. And like uh, Jerry said, I mean, those guys can play basketball from number one off uh, on the team all the way to uh, number 15. Those All all those guys can play ball. And, and so, uh, you know, he got his opportunity. He came in at the right time, got the right opportunity, and he, He's able to take advantage of it. That's a lot of credit to him. Well, Terry and um, Galen, tell me if this trade is fake. And I think me and you talk about Terry, and I think me and you hit on a little bit, Galen, on our state knowledge of place. But we're starting to see this more and more in sports where the second streamers are coming in and they plan so well that they, you know, they're like, man, where was that talent? You know, you see it in Matt Hasselback with Tom Brady, I heard. Um, you see it in Jerry Lynn. You see it in, um, I just keep naming, you know, Different players that the second string is coming, second string player is coming in and playing better than the first string. And then I argue with people: should they keep that starting spot? When Carmelo, when Carmelo Anthony come out, what do you do with this Jeremy Lin guy? You better keep playing that Jeremy Lin guy because Jeremy Lin has proven that he can play in this league. You can't. That's just the thing, and that's the reason why you didn't. You don't hear of a Jeremy Lin because you have the Carmelo Anthony's and you have the Kobe Bryant's and and uh, follows and, and all of those other players that are getting time. If if Jeremy Lin gets the time that he's getting now, he's going to become one of those great players. Well, I mean, you know, it's all, you know, investment, investment. You know, this is a big business. I mean, NBA, you're talking NFL, you're talking big money. And so a player like Jeremy Lin, for him to get playing time is – for them to, someone to get her injured. You know, someone like a Carmelo Anthony, they, I think their point guard right now is injured. And we, that's the only way they're going to get time is because someone's injured. Now, when they do have an opportunity, they need to take advantage of it like uh, Lynn has done. Uh, but you're not, as an owner and as a coach, going to play somebody who's making, uh, let's say, a million dollars a year in the NBA over somebody who's making 10 or $12 million a year. You're just not going to do it. It's not good business. And so, therefore, you know, unless someone gets hurt, then somebody like a Jeremy Lin uh, is not going to play that much because um, because the investment that these uh, owners and general managers make into these players that are the superstars. Well, I like this, Terry. Now we got Galen. So what <laughs> I'm hearing from you, Galen, is you got to see him I want to hear from you, Terry. You keep starting him, right? Is, well, am I right? Yeah, you you do, but he's he's right. Galen's also he's he's right because they're paying Carmelo Anthony millions. Jeremy Lin's making thousands. That owner is not going to continue to pay Carmelo Anthony millions and let somebody else come in and and and, and play better than Carmelo Anthony because then we're going to have to do some renegotiating the contracts. Okay, they're either going to have to take from Carmelo or they're going to have to give to to Jeremy Lin. So that's the business aspect of it. But if we're talking pure talent, that kid's got talent. Every single one of those 
basketball players in the NBA and every single one of the football players in the NFL all have the talent to play and do good. Certainly. Well, and, you know, I like Jeff Landis. Come back in one game, then now you, you're going to have to pull out that checkbook and pay him so that now you put him on the same level as some of those other guys and uh, and he has an opportunity to play. It makes more sense then when he's getting paid as much as they are. Uh, it makes more sense then to play him and give him the opportunity to succeed. You know, It's not that there's no flaws in his game. I mean, there are some flaws, but, again, he can – he can work on those things, and he can contribute to an NBA team, whether it's the Knicks or someone else definitely would take a shot at him uh, if the Knicks don't want to do it because he's proven to everybody across the country and, you know, most certainly in the league that he's uh, a viable point guard and, and, and actually a starting point guard in the league. Well, now my question is two parts to you guys. First part, we've seen that happen. I've seen that happen in the NFL where the next year you got to pay this guy and then they don't want to pay him. Because you still got a Carmelo Anthony that's at the spot, so he ended up going to another team, right? The second part is you still ain't said, do you start him when Carmelo Anthony come out? Because right now you got chemistry and they winning. Am I right? You got chemistry, they winning, they right. you know, on this role with him. You sit that man, and now his playing time decreased, and now his ability, you know, he didn't get that much time. Now he's not playing as great when he come in off the bench. That's, that's exactly what's going to happen. You got to play your superstars. People aren't going to pay to, to see Jeremy Lin. Well, they might now, but, <laughs> you know, when, when Carmelo comes back, hopefully there will be a way that they can work Jeremy Lin in and they can all play together. You know, if they start losing their, their, their cohesiveness, um, then, then they're going to have other problems and other struggles. But Amari Stoudemire is loving him. You know, uh, he's a guy that can get, get these guys the ball down low. Carmelo Anthony is not an Amari Stoudemire type player. Carmelo Anthony wants the ball so he can make his own shot. So we're we're, we're looking at a difference. And then again, love, it's gonna it, it comes with time. I mean, it's timing um, and need. Do they need a point guard? You know, I mean, he's not a Chris Paul by any means, right? Nobody's going to take Jeremy Lin over a Chris Paul. But that team needed a Jeremy Lin, and he came in and, and, and filled the spot. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, again, you know, Carmelo Anthony coming in. I mean, I'm sure he would, uh, you know, relish the opportunity to play with Jeremy Lin. I mean, they play two different positions, and so I mean, I guess where they're going to have to limit that is when their when their point guard comes back uh, from the injury that he has. And I'm not sure quite who that is. I forgot who it was, but that's where the dilemma is: whether you're going to play Jeremy Lin or the start point guard. Uh, but they don't have a point guard on that roster right now, other than Jer- Jeremy Lin. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they got Shumpert, who's who can defend the point guard, but he he can't uh, create on the offensive end and and get other people involved like uh, like Jeremy Lin can. So that uh, sort of leaves him out. But whoever's coming back uh, from the point guard position is where the dilemma is, and how much are they paying him? And if he's making a lot more than Jeremy, I'm guaranteeing. He, He's starting, and Jeremy Lin is coming off the bench. Yep. <laughs> well, you know what, guys? I don't want to get too wrapped up in this, because next week I want to talk more about this, because we have a, uh, one of my guests going to be an NBA player, so we'll so we get more than that next week. But I want to hit on this question. Only time for us to talk about this. This is from Wilford from Washington, D.C. You know, let me go through the whole thing. I know y'all want to jump in, but he says, so athletes make enough money, why do they need to sell drugs? 
No, I've, I've been looking back at, you know, J.T. Thomas, who played for the Bears, who got caught for drugs, selling drugs. Sam Hurd, that we all know, to play for the Bears, that was trying to be the big-time drug dealer. Jerome Simpson from Cincinnati, wide receiver, got caught from, with drugs in his car. You know, four TCU college players just got caught from selling drugs. Come on, man, what's going on, guys? I mean, enough money is enough money. I mean, I don't know about you, Kayla, you know, but... I know when I was at my check, when I got, that was enough. Hell, I went to McDonald's and supersized my fries. I'm like, this is enough money, you know? <laughs> I like supersized the drink, the fries, everything. I was happy, boy. Like, give me, uh, I want an apple pie, and I want, you know, that was enough money, you know? How much is too much money that these players need to go out and do this? Can you guys help me? Well, well uh, go ahead, Galen. Yeah, well, I, what I would say is that, you know, most people, okay, most people uh, don't understand the fact that not everybody is making millions of dollars in the NBA, the NFL, and so forth and so on. Not everybody's superstars, and so not everybody will be set up for the rest of their lives. Now, with that being said, of course, they make tons of money. But, if you know, the NFL stands for not for long, okay? If you don't get a chance to earn that money for 20, 30 years, you have a short period window. Uh, and so some of these guys who may not have a degree, all right, may have spent a lot of the money they made, and, they see, and, and then the op- their opportunity, their window of playing is shortening. Uh, you know, they're trying to make a quicker dollar again, and so they get into something like, you know, drugs to, to turn that money over quicker. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's just a quick fix. It's just like anything else in society. When you have to choose from individuals out of our society, then you're going to get some people who are like the ones that you've seen in the news here recently. And so, you know, it, it has nothing to do with uh, the NBA or the NFL, so to speak. It just has to do with the character of people in our society. And, uh, you know, there's never enough for some people, uh, and so that's why they do what they do. I mean, certainly, um, you know, that, that's what I would say about it. Uh, I think you hit it right on the nail. And, and I was going to say, being in my profession, being in law enforcement, I, I, I look at things a little bit different. That's just a total mindset. If those guys weren't athletes and they were just regular old Joes, they'd be doing exactly the same thing they're doing now that they're getting in trouble for. Um, they just happen to have talent and, and, and be athletes. I think it's a mindset um, of, of a person. Um, you know, they, they, they obviously had great work ethic at one point in time to make it as far as they did, you know. So it doesn't make them necessarily a, a bad person. Uh, a lot of it may have to do with the way they grew up, uh, where they come from, what they're used to. Um, you could say the same thing about Michael Vick and the, and the dog fighting stuff. I mean, a lot of that stuff is just in their nature, and they're just going to do it. Well, Terry, can I hit on this for a second? I want to hit on something what you just said. You say you're in law enforcement, that's your job. Now, when you say you go and bust a drug dealer, their main focus is, you know, they got money, but they don't know when that next check coming, right, or that next money, right? So they keep doing it, get more and more, right? Am I wrong, right, Terry? You're talking about drug dealers? Yeah. Right. So they ain't got a set check like an NFL or athlete have. Come, They know it's the same amount every week. You see my point? Yep. So... The point is, it's different from what you said with law firms and them players. No, they have having that same amount every week. Why do you need to increase that? You know, people on the street, like you say, they go to get more and more, get bigger. But that player, 
know the amount, right? Yeah, he does. Well, uh, let me, I mean, you could say that, but these people on the street, as we know, make tons of money selling tax-free money at that, selling those drugs, and then they consume it upon their lust, of course, to buy other things, and so they need to keep getting more. It's not like drug dealers are going out and investing their money and retiring. Uh, they continue to consume that, whether it's buying something and they and they live high on the hog, and they consume and they consume, consume, right? And so, right. I mean, they they, you know, I mean, they could retire if they wanted to, some of them, but they don't because they continue to consume the money, and and uh, there's ne- never en- enough is never enough. You know, one dollar more is all everybody wants. Well, my point is, is maybe I messed up, Gayla, and Terry, you can help. If what I'm saying is, Gayla, you know you get paid every money, every Monday in the NFL. You knew your check was two million every Monday. Uh, drug dealer on the street saying, "Hey, I don't know if I'm gonna bring in two million the next week, so I got to keep doing this." But a player, you making two million? Why do you need more? Two point four million. You know, that's what I understand. What can you buy for two point four that you can buy for two million? You know what I'm saying? That's my point. Why you need to go do something? Not everybody's extra. making two point four million in the NFL. I mean, the superstars are on on Monday, but not everybody is, and and that's not an excuse for those guys. I mean, they have a uh, a wonderful job. I mean, it is Disneyland, Disney World wrapped into one. It's fairytale land. However, and it's, and it's, they don't have to look over the back when they're getting their money, like the drug dealers, man. But still, people, when they get money, there's never enough money. Whether it's the drug dealer, the football player, uh, the the basketball player, it's just not enough. And so, therefore, they're always trying to seek to get more. Are you saying it's just our society? Our society, man. That's what it is. It's our society. It's called being greedy. <laughs> greedy. That's right. Greedy. Well, you always, greedy. you always hear people say, "Oh, if I win the lottery, I'm done. I don't have no more money. I don't, I don't need no more." You know, I hear a, a, a player that's, you know, making two point. You look back and go, "God, you know, what else can you buy? What, is, what how much more money you need?" You know, you can. I mean, I don't know. Am I wrong for saying that? What? I mean, no, I like you're right. Like it's a mindset. Oh, you, you it's right? what that person believes or what that person wants to believe or perceives. Um, I don't know. I can't. I don't know why anybody that that's making NFL money would want it, would want or have to sell drugs. I, I know they don't have to, but they obviously feel they do. Um, that would be a, a plenty of money. Hey, hey, love. I got a question for you. Okay. Okay, just think about our economy a couple of years ago and, and still recovering now. But just think about all those guys who robbed people blind with mortgages and so forth and so on. How much was enough for them, you know, when they had that continuous stream of money and and they gobbled it up and they continued to do it until the system failed. And then once the fifth system failed, Everybody was up in arms because how could the people allow this to happen? Well, it's greed. That's why. It's the same thing that has happened in our economy. Uh, and I, I know what you're saying about that, you know, but, you know, my thing is, you know, like the question that uh, Wilford sent to us, you know, the people out there don't understand it, you know. Um, like, you know, we used to understand, you know, it's like you want more and more. You don't feel that's enough because you're trying to look at, you know, I see, like I said, like one week, a lot of these players are going broke. Dr. J had to sell his um, championship rings and all like that, you know. 
sooner or later that money's not going to be there. I agree with you. But, God, I mean, when is enough enough for right now, you know? That's my point. Uh, until you change society, you got a way to change society at all? <laughs> no, but you could change yourself, right? There is not you trying to change society. You're trying to change yourself, right? You can't change the world, right? Well, you can try one person at a time. We, you know, we get back to people then, but we won't go down that route again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't they now have, have programs where when, when the new rookies and stuff come in about managing their money and, and, and trying to handle the fame and, and celebrity that they're that they're going to be acquiring. Um, I, I know they do in the NBA. I, I, I don't know what they have in the NFL, but that's got to help it a little bit, doesn't it? Well, Terry, um, they've had that when I was in the league. You know, the NFLPA would come in and they would speak to us on those yeah. types of things. You know, there's a lot of predators out there. You know, those those players face a lot of predators looking to get their money for them to invest their money with them, and they just take it. You know, what I mean, so you got to be very cautious of who you trust in the in the NFL, NBA, whatever major league, or you know, even movie stars. You have to be careful about who you trust to invest your money because you may trust somebody to do it for you, and they still end up being broke, and it really wasn't. I mean, it's your fault for trusting that person, but, again, you know, you thought you were doing the right thing and you end up broke anyway because you trusted somebody who embezzled your money, you know. So there's lots of, I mean, there's so many things involved with it that, you know, it's, it's tough for those guys out there. Yeah, and like you say, I've seen you know, a couple of years ago, maybe three, that Bill Cosby had trusted somebody and it took $50 million from him. So they can hit anybody, you know. Yeah. 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 So well, I agree with you on that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, we ain't bring that to thing up. And if you lose it yourself, you lose it yourself. At least nobody else lost it for you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's what the same thing is. I don't know. We have much time. We got three minutes, but we talk about this next week since we're gonna talk about basketball. But you see, Iron Iron said news. All the money he lost. You know what I'm saying? He well, broke. if they quit buying all that doggone jewelry. Exactly, I agree. So we got to talk about basketball. Over $700,000 in jewelry. I think it started out at over uh, just over three hundred, and then he wasn't answering them. So now they didn't seize his bank account, and now they're charging him double. But that goes back to what we were saying, Terry, is they know they're getting some money the following week. Well, I don't know if it's planned, but, and they feel they can keep spending it. Okay, but how many diamonds in a necklace do you need, and how long does it have to be? You know, yeah. I mean, come on, really. Yeah. And, yeah, they need to get rid of some of the entourages. Excuse me. Entourages get on my nerves, so many of them, you know, get a few guys, not 37 of them. Yeah. Yeah, you got 50 <laughs> people, his entourage. Yeah. Isn't that how MC Hammer went broke? All these yeah, people yeah, he's bringing around. Entourage. <laughs> you know, and just, you know, guys, you know, get some people who can protect you, body, you know, bodyguards and stuff, and then everybody else can go by. You know, you got to cut ties some places. Yeah. That is crazy, though, always. But, you know, that's how they go broke. They feel, you know, that money got to keep coming. So that's why they start doing things on the side, you know, selling drugs, and, which ain't right. You're right, Dale and Terry. That's a quick way out. That's I can tell you that, and, and that's been proven. <laughs> yeah. It's a quick way out of the league. Yeah, yeah, that's a quick way in. Yep. <laughs> <Get> the <prison. laughs>
right, but since next week we get back on it, we'll talk about Allen Iverson next week, and we have NBA players next week, and get back to Jer- Jeremy Lin and, and Terry. We won't even bring that name up again. We bring that name up again, we'll bleep it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tim Tebow. The season's over. <laughs> <laughs> that show no back right on me today. I won't do that again. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that idea, Terry. You All right. <laughs> Well, guys, next week, and we'll be back again next week, Galen Terry. All right. All right, see you guys. Take care, guys. Take care. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.